Section 5 of The Descent of Man, Part 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in November 2010. The Descent of Man, Part 2 by Charles Darwin. Chapter 8 Principles of Sexual Selection, Part 5 supplement on the proportional numbers of the two sexes in animals belonging to various classes as no one as far as i can discover has paid attention to the relative numbers of the two sexes throughout the animal kingdom i will here give such materials as i have been able to collect although they are extremely imperfect they consist in only a few instances of actual enumeration and the numbers are not very large as the proportions are known with certainty only in mankind i will first give them as a standard of comparison man in england during ten years from eighteen fifty seven to eighteen sixty six the average number of children born alive yearly was seven hundred seven thousand one hundred twenty in the proportion of one hundred and four point five males to one hundred females but in eighteen fifty seven the male births throughout england were as one hundred five point two and in eighteen sixty five as one hundred four point zero to one hundred looking to separate districts in buckinghamshire where about five thousand children are annually born the mean proportion of male to female births during the whole period of the above ten years was as one hundred and two point eight to one hundred whilst in north wales where the average annual births are twelve thousand eight hundred seventy three it was as high as one hundred and six point two to one hundred taking a still smaller district that is rutlandshire where the annual births average only seven hundred thirty nine in eighteen sixty four the male births were as one hundred fourteen point six and in eighteen sixty two as only ninety seven point zero to one hundred but even in this small district the average of the seven thousand three hundred eighty five births during the whole ten years was as one hundred four point five to one hundred that is in the same ratio as throughout england the proportions are sometimes slightly disturbed by unknown causes thus professor fay states quote, that in some districts of norway there has been during a decennial period a steady deficiency of boys whilst in others the opposite condition has existed in france during forty-four years the male to female births have been as one hundred six point two to one hundred but during this period it has occurred five times in one department and six times in another that the female births have exceeded the males in russia the average proportion is as high as one hundred eight point nine and in philadelphia in the united states as one hundred ten point five to one hundred the average for europe deduced by bix from about seventy million births is one hundred six males to one hundred females 
on the other hand with white children born at the cape of good hope the proportion of males is so low as to fluctuate during successive years between ninety and ninety-nine males for every one hundred females it is a singular fact that with jews the proportion of male births is decidedly larger than with christians thus in prussia the proportion is as one hundred thirteen in breslau as one hundred fourteen and in livonia as one hundred twenty to one hundred the christian births in these countries being the same as usual for instance in livonia as one hundred four to one hundred professor fay remarks that quote, a still greater preponderance of males would be met with if death struck both sexes in equal proportion in the womb and during birth but the fact is that for every one hundred stillborn females we have in several countries from one hundred thirty four point six to one hundred forty four point nine stillborn males during the first four or five years of life also more male children die than females for example in england during the first year one hundred twenty six boys die for every one hundred girls a proportion which in france is still more unfavorable footnote dr stark also remarks that quote, these examples may suffice to show that at almost every stage of life the males in scotland have a greater liability to death and a higher death rate than the females the fact however of this peculiarity being most strongly developed at that infantile period of life when the dress food and general treatment of both sexes are alike seems to prove that the higher male death rate is an impressed natural and constitutional peculiarity due to sex alone End quote. End footnote. dr stockton hugh accounts for these facts in part by the more frequent defective development of males than of females we have before seen that the male sex is more variable in structure than the female and variations in important organs would generally be injurious but the size of the body and especially of the head being greater in male than female infants is another cause for the males are thus more liable to be injured during parturition consequently the stillborn males are more numerous and as a highly competent judge dr crichton brown believes male infants often suffer in health for some years after birth owing to this success in the death rate of male children both at birth and for some time subsequently and owing to the exposure of grown men to various dangers and to their tendency to emigrate the females in all old settled countries where statistical records have been kept are found to preponderate considerably over the males footnote with the savage guaranis of paraguay according to the accurate azara the women are to the men in the proportion of fourteen to thirteen End footnote. it seems at first sight a mysterious fact that in different nations under different conditions and climates in naples prussia westphalia holland france england and the united states the excess of male over female births is less when they are illegitimate than when legitimate this has been explained by different writers in many different ways 
as from the mothers being generally young, from the large proportion of the first pregnancies, etc. But we have seen that male infants, from the large size of their heads, suffer more than female infants during parturition, and as the mothers of illegitimate children must be more liable than other women to undergo bad labors, from various causes, such as attempts at concealment by tight lacing, hard work, distress of mind, etc., their male infants would proportionally suffer. And this probably is the most efficient of all the causes of the proportion of males to females born alive, being less amongst illegitimate children than amongst the legitimate. With most animals, the greater size of the adult male than of the female is due to the stronger males having conquered the weaker in their struggles for the possession of the females, and no doubt it is owing to this fact that the two sexes of at least some animals differ in size at birth. Thus we have the curious fact that we may attribute the more frequent deaths of male than female infants, especially amongst the illegitimate, at least in part to sexual selection. It has often been supposed that the relative age of the two parents determine the sex of the offspring, and Professor Leukart has advanced what he considers sufficient evidence, with respect to men and certain domesticated animals, that this is one important, though not the sole factor, in the result. So again, the period of impregnation relatively to the state of the female has been thought by some to be the efficient cause, but recent observations discountenance this belief. According to Dr. Stockton Hugh, in Social Science Association of Philadelphia, 1874, the season of the year, the poverty or wealth of the parents, residence in the country or in the city, the crossing of foreign immigrants, etc., all influence the proportion of the sexes. With mankind, polygamy has also been supposed to lead to the birth of a greater proportion of female infants, but Dr. J. Campbell carefully attended to this subject in the harems of Siam, and concludes that the proportion of male to female births is the same as from monogamous unions. Hardly any animal has been rendered so highly polygamous as the English racehorse, and we shall immediately see that his male and female offspring are almost exactly equal in number. I will now give the facts which I have collected with respect to the proportional numbers of the sexes of various animals, and will then briefly discuss how far selection has come into play in determining the result. Horses Mr. Tegetmeyer has been so kind as to tabulate for me from the racing calendar the births of racehorses during a period of 21 years, that is, from 1846 to 1867, 1849 being omitted as no returns were that year published. The total births were 25,560, consisting of 12,763 males and 12,797 females, or in the proportion of 99.7 males to 100 females. Footnote. During 11 years a record was kept of the number of mares which proved barren or prematurely slipped their foals, and it deserves notice as showing how infertile those highly nurtured and rather closely interbred animals have become, 
that not far from one-third of the mares failed to produce living foals. Thus, during 1866, 809 male colts and 816 female colts were born, and 743 mares failed to produce offspring. During 1867, 836 males and 902 females were born, and 794 mares failed. End footnote. As these numbers are tolerably large, and as they are drawn from all parts of England during several years, we may with much confidence conclude that with the domestic horse, or at least with the race horse, the two sexes are produced in almost equal numbers. The fluctuations in the proportions during successive years are closely like those which occur with mankind, when a small and thinly populated area is considered. Thus, in 1856, the male horses were as 107.1, and in 1867 as only 92.6 to 100 females. In the tabulated returns, the proportions vary in cycles, for the males exceeded the females during six successive years, and the females exceeded the males during two periods, each of four years. This, however, may be accidental. At least I can detect nothing of the kind with men in the decennial table in the registrar's report for 1866. Dogs during a period of twelve years, from 1857 to 1868, the births of a large number of greyhounds throughout England were sent to the field newspaper, and I am again indebted to Mr. Tegetmeyer for carefully tabulating the results. The recorded births were 6,878, consisting of 3,605 males and 3,273 females, that is, in the proportion of 110.1 males to 100 females. The greatest fluctuations occurred in 1864, when the proportion was as 95.3 males, and in 1867 as 116.3 males to 100 females. The above average proportion of 110.1 to 100 is probably nearly correct in the case of the greyhound, but whether it would hold with other domesticated breeds is in some degree doubtful. Mr. Couples has inquired from several great breeders of dogs, and finds that all without exception believe that females are produced in excess, but he suggests that this belief may have arisen from females being less valued, and from the consequent disappointment producing a stronger impression on the mind sheep the sexes of sheep are not ascertained by agriculturists until several months after birth at the period when the males are castrated so that the following returns do not give the proportions at birth moreover i find that several great breeders in scotland who annually raise some thousand sheep are firmly convinced that a larger proportion of males than of females die during the first year or two. Therefore, the proportion of males would be somewhat larger at birth than at the age of castration. This is a remarkable coincidence with what, as we have seen, occurs with mankind, and both cases probably depend on the same cause. 
I have received returns from four gentlemen in England who have bred lowland sheep, briefly Leicesters, during the last ten to sixteen years. They amount together to 8,965 births, consisting of 4,407 males and 4,558 females, that is in the proportion of 96.7 males to 100 females. With respect to Cheviot and black-faced sheep bred in Scotland, I have received returns from six breeders, two of them on a large scale, chiefly for the years 1867 to 1869, but some of the returns extend back to 1862. The total number recorded amounts to 50,685, consisting of 25,071 males and 25,614 females, or in the proportion of 97.9 males to 100 females. If we take the English and Scotch returns together, the total number amounts to 59,650, consisting of 29,478 males and 30,172 females, or as 97.7 to 100 so that with sheep at the age of castration the females are certainly in excess of the males but probably this would not hold good at birth footnote i am much indebted to mr couples for having produced for me the above returns from scotland as well as some of the following returns on cattle mr r elliot of laywood first called my attention to the premature deaths of the males a statement subsequently confirmed by Mr. Aitchison and others. To this latter gentleman, and to Mr. Payen, I owe my thanks for large returns as to sheep. End footnote. Of cattle I have received returns from nine gentlemen of 982 births, too few to be trusted. These consisted of 477 bull calves, and 505 cow calves, that is, in the proportion of 94.4 males to 100 females. The Reverend W. D. Fox informs me that in 1867, out of 34 calves born on a farm in Derbyshire, only one was a bull. Mr. Harrison Wire has inquired from several breeders of pigs, and most of them estimate the male to the female births as about seven to six. This same gentleman has bred rabbits for many years, and has noticed that a far greater number of bucks are produced than does. But estimations are of little value. Of mammalia in a state of nature I have been able to learn very little. In regard to the common rat, I have received conflicting statements. Mr. R. Elliot of Laywood informs me that a rat-catcher assured him that he had always found the males in great excess, even with the young in the nest. In consequence of this, Mr. Elliot himself subsequently examined some hundred old ones and found the statement true. Mr. F. Buckland has bred a large number of white rats, and he also believes that the males greatly exceed the females. In regard to moles, it is said that the males are much more numerous than the females, 
and as the catching of these animals is a special occupation the statement may perhaps be trusted sir a smith in describing an antelope of south africa cobus ellipsiprimnus remarks that in the herds of this and other species the males are few in number compared with the females the natives believe that they are born in this proportion others believe that the younger males are expelled from the herds and sir a smith says that though he has himself never seen herds consisting of young males alone others affirm that this does occur it appears probable that the young when expelled from the herd would often fall a prey to the many beasts of prey in the country birds with respect to the fowl i have received only one account namely that out of one thousand and one chickens of a highly bred stock of cochins reared during eight years by mr stretch four hundred eighty seven proved males and five hundred fourteen females that is as ninety four point seven to one hundred in regard to domestic pigeons there is good evidence either that the males are produced in excess or that they live longer for these birds invariably pair and single males as mr tegetmeyer informs me can always be purchased cheaper than females usually the two birds reared from the two eggs laid in the same nest are a male and a female but mr harrison wire who has been so large a breeder says that he has often bred two cocks from the same nest and seldom two hens moreover the hen is generally the weaker of the two and more liable to perish with respect to birds in a state of nature mr gould and others are convinced that the males are generally the more numerous and as the young males of many species resemble the females the latter would naturally appear to be the more numerous large numbers of pheasants are reared by mr baker of Leidenhall from eggs laid by wild birds and he informs mr jenner wire that four or five males to one female are generally produced an experienced observer remarks that in scandinavia the broods of the capercailzie and black cock contain more males than females and that with the dal ripa a kind of ptarmigan more males than females attend the legs or places of courtship but this latter circumstance is accounted for by some observers by a greater number of hen-birds being killed by vermin from various facts given by white of selborne it seems clear that the males of the partridge must be in considerable excess in the south of england and i have been assured that this is the case in scotland mr wire on inquiring from the dealers who receive at certain seasons large numbers of ruff machetes pugnax was told that the males are much the more numerous the same naturalist has also inquired for me from the bird catchers who annually catch an astonishing number of various small species alive for the london market and he was unhesitatingly answered by an old and trustworthy man that with the chaffinch the males are in large excess he thought as high as two males to one female or at least as high as five to three Footnote. mr jenner wire received similar information on making inquiries during the following year to show the number of living chaffinches caught 
I may mention that in 1869 there was a match between two experts, and one man caught in a day 62 and another 40 male chaffinches. The greatest number ever caught by one man in a single day was 70. End footnote. The males of the blackbird, he likewise maintained, were by far the more numerous, whether caught by traps or by netting at night. These statements may apparently be trusted, because this same man said that the sexes are about equal with the lark, the twite, Linaria montana, and goldfinch. On the other hand, he is certain that with the common linnet the females preponderate greatly, but unequally during different years. During some years he has found the females to the males as four to one. It should, however, be borne in mind that the chief season for catching birds does not begin till September, so that with some species partial migrations may have begun, and the flocks at this period often consist of hens alone. Mr. Salvin paid particular attention to the sexes of the hummingbirds in Central America, and is convinced that with most of the species the males are in excess. Thus one year he procured 204 specimens belonging to 10 species, and these consisted of 166 males and of only 38 females. With two other species the females were in excess, but the proportions apparently vary either during different seasons or in different localities, for on one occasion the males of Campylopterus hemilucurus were to the females as five to two, and on another occasion in exactly the reverse ratio. As bearing on this latter point, I may add that Mr. Powis found in Corfu and Epirus the sexes of the chaffinch keeping apart, and, quote, the females by far the most numerous, end quote, whilst in Palestine Mr. Tristam found, quote, the male flocks appearing greatly to exceed the female in number, end quote. So again with the Quiscalus major, Mr. G. Taylor says that in Florida there were, quote, very few females in proportion to the males, end quote, whilst in Honduras the proportion was the other way, the species there having the character of a polygamist. Fish. With fish the proportional numbers of the sexes can be ascertained only by catching them in the adult or nearly adult state, and there are many difficulties in arriving at any just conclusion. Quote, Leukart quotes Bloch that with fish there are twice as many males as females. End footnote. Infertile females might readily be mistaken for males, as Dr. Gunther has remarked to me in regard to trout. With some species the males are believed to die soon after fertilizing the ova. With many species the males are of much smaller size than the females, so that a large number of males would escape from the same net by which the females were caught. Monsieur Carbonnier, who has especially attended to the natural history of the pike, Isox Lucius, states that many males, owing to their small size, are devoured by the larger females, and he believes that the males of almost all fish are exposed from the same cause to greater danger than the females. 
Nevertheless, in the few cases in which the proportional numbers have been actually observed, the males appear to be largely in excess. Thus, Mr. R. Bust, the superintendent of the Stormont Field Experiments, says that in 1865, out of 70 salmon first landed for the purpose of obtaining the ova, upwards of 60 were males. In 1867, he again, quote, calls attention to the vast disproportion of the males to the females. We had at the outset at least 10 males to one female. End quote. Afterwards, females sufficient for obtaining ova were procured. He adds, quote, from the great proportion of the males, they are constantly fighting and tearing each other on the spawning beds. End quote. This disproportion, no doubt, can be accounted for in part, but whether wholly is doubtful, by the males ascending the rivers before the females. Mr. F. Buckland remarks in regard to trout that, quote, It is a curious fact that the males preponderate very largely in number over the females. It invariably happens that when the first rush of fish is made to the net, there will be at least seven or eight males to one female found captive. I cannot quite account for this. Either the males are more numerous than the females, or the latter seek safety by concealment rather than flight. End quote. He then adds that by carefully searching the banks, sufficient females for obtaining ova can be found. Mr. H. Lee informs me that out of 212 trout taken for this purpose in Lord Portsmouth's park, 150 were males and 62 females. The males of the Cyprinidae likewise seem to be in excess, but several members of this family, that is, the carp, tench, bream, and minnow, appear regularly to follow the practice, rare in the animal kingdom, of polyandry, for the female whilst spawning is always attended by two males, one on each side, and in the case of the bream by three or four males. This fact is so well known that it is always recommended to stock a pond with two male tenches to one female, or at least with three males to two females. With the minnow, an excellent observer states that on the spawning beds the males are ten times as numerous as the females. When a female comes amongst the males, quote, she is immediately pressed closely by a male on each side, and when they have been in that situation for a time, are superseded by other two males. End, quote. End of section 5